Welcome to Movie Maker. I'm Tim Malloy, and I'm banging out this episode kind of fast because I love this movie. I'm talking today to the creative team behind the outstanding new thriller, Missing. Have you heard of the scream life or the scream thriller genre where an entire movie takes place on phone and computer screens? If that sounds weird or boring to you, it's absolutely not. You're basically inside a terrifying first-person scenario where you're searching for and finding clues alongside the protagonist. I'd never seen one of these set on a screen movies before until I saw Searching in 2018, which turned out to be one of my favorite films of that year. Missing is a loose sequel to Searching. The characters and mystery are new. It stars Storm Reed as a high schooler who needs to find her single mom, played by Nia Long, who goes missing, like the title, after living on a trip to Columbia with her new boyfriend, Ken Long, who is becoming one of my favorite actors thanks to HBO's fantastic comedy drama industry and this movie too. Our guests today, who I haven't named yet, are Anish Chaganti and Sevohanian, who produced and came up with the story for the film, and producer Natalie Kasabian. They also all worked on Searching, which Chaganti and Ohanian wrote, and Chaganti directed. Kasabian again produced. It was also produced by Tamur Bekmambatov, the leader of the screen life genre, though our guests today are going to explain why this film is not necessarily a screen life film. They prefer calling it a screen thriller. Giganti, Ohanian, and Kasabian all went to USC film school, and I last talked to them back in March of 2020 when their film Run was coming out, and it was suddenly pulled from theaters for some reason no one can remember. As you'll hear, I really love their films. Missing, by the way, was scripted and directed by Nicholas D. Johnson and Will Merrick, who edited Searching, and they do a really nice job, and I probably should have asked them to be on the podcast, but six people on an interview gets very weird. Anyway, here are Anish Giganti, Seth Ohanian, and Natalie Kasabian talking Missing. The first answer you'll hear comes from Giganti. So what is Missing? What is Missing about? Missing is a follow-up to the uh, 2018 film Searching, um, and it stars Storm Reid and Nia Long. Um, and it's a story about family, about connection, and about mothers and daughters, but it all takes place after um, Storm Reid's mom uh, doesn't return from a trip uh, abroad to Colombia that she takes with her, with Storm's soon-to-be stepdad, um, which begins a very frantic uh, search to find uh, her. Um, but when local authorities in Colombia aren't helpful, when FBI authorities aren't helpful, um, June, played by Storm, starts to realize like the only person who can really find her is her. Uh, so, and you, she uses the pretty much the only tool that she has at her disposal, which is her computer. So she opens up Google, tries to start breaking into accounts, hires people on the ground in Colombia, and tries to piece together what happened to her mom, uh, like three thousand miles away. And it's killer. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing I wanted to ask you is... for teen drinking, uh, some smoking, <laughs> I, yeah, language, I guess, and brief violent images. <laughs> oh, why did you have the editors direct it this time? Or were they just demanding that they direct it this time? <laughs> <laughs> they definitely didn't demand it. I mean, the, the, the truth is, like, they're these are such unique movies to make. They're like doing an entire live action movie and an animated feature and and merging those two together on a shoestring budget and on searching will and nick we actually gave them uh a, an, another credit in addition to editors they were the directors of virtual photography and that came uh came to be because they were such an integral part of coming up with you know the language and the style that we tell these movies in 
Um, so when it came time to do the second one, I mean, it was, they had in between searching and missing, they had written uh, a screenplay that we'd all read, which was really good. So we knew they were really capable writers. And, you know, it, it was just like, if Anish isn't directing it, there's only two people in the world that could do this. And it's Will and Nick. So we're, we're, we're really grateful they said yes, because this movie probably wouldn't exist otherwise. Can you explain what a screen life movie is? And this may be a long answer, but how you make a good one? <laughs> um, I, I can't tell you what a screen life movie is, but I can tell you what a screen thriller is. Um, the We basically, I, I mean, I... It's just, uh, there's plenty of names for this very, very nascent type of storytelling now that, you know, there's been like five, six, I, I think a total about 12 movies that have reached a level of attention, you know, some bigger than others. Searching was obviously a big, made a big splash and whatnot that have sort of utilized some sort of technological component to it, the way that it tells a story. We like to call these films screen thrillers or UI films, basically movies that use the um, devices that we use every day as the only and primary means of telling the story. Um, and, but not limiting to just, you know, single shots or wide shots of it, but rather just treating it just like a, a setting, you know, like just like in a normal place, you would cut in for a close up or have oneers or, you know, swivel the camera or whatnot. We just using it as a location to, to place our cameras as opposed to just like the thing you are shooting, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, now, all these films, or, or almost all of the films that follow this format, seem to be seem to have a producer in common. Um, <laughs> I'm now going to mispronounce Timur Bekmamatov. Is that close? Bekmamatov. Yeah, yeah. Timur Bekmamatov. Exactly. Okay, so he's known for screen life. You're saying this is more screen thriller, not necessarily falling into the screen life um, genre. Is that is screen life like a trademark or something like that? Yeah, I mean, look, I, Screen Life is what Timor refers to the movies that they make. And, and just to give you the whole story, so Timor and his company, Basilevs, they had produced a movie called Unfriended, which was, I think, like the first, like, mainstream, at least successful movie that that does this genre. And the story is I had a general with Timor's company a meeting with them, and, and they were looking to make a follow-up to Unfriended that would be, like, eight short films all on a computer screen. So a whole movie full of just eight short films I brought in Anish because we were writing together and he, he was this already successful filmmaker at Google directing a lot of their commercials. We came in, Anish had this amazing idea for a short film called Search about a father breaking into his daughter's computer. And you would learn that the reason he's doing that is not the snoop, but rather find out where she might be. We developed into an eight minute short film, like I said, we presented it to Timor and he said no. And his company said that, and actually instead they wanted to make that idea of ours into a full movie that Anish would direct, we would write, that we would produce. And we were a little bit reluctant to be honest with you, Tim, because you know one of the reasons we were somewhat reluctant was we had also seen Unfriended at the time. And while it's, it's a great movie, obviously it does its job as a horror, it wasn't the type of film that we felt ourselves doing well. you know. And, and when we ultimately came around to the idea that, man, we can make Search, and which later became Searching, cinematic and we can make it emotional we can make it something really cool um at the time timor was really at the early stages of developing what he would call screen life films and then he literally did have a bible kind of like the rules of how to make these movies i think one of the rules was the whole movie has to be one shot um if you've seen unfriended that's how the movie is it's all one big wide shot there's no punching in there's no editing um it has to be real time um, and I think the, the third rule is that it has to be very like objective. Like we're kind of using this to present reality for the purpose of our film searching, you know, none of those rules necessarily applied because we wanted to use 
all the traditional camera tricks of like punching in for emotional moments and camera shaking and, and editing like montages. Like um, the, the last thing we wanted to make was something that would feel objective. I think searching is so much about David Kim's descent into madness as he like, you know, descends into his daughter's computer. So Timor has gone on to make more screen life movies. And some of them are quite great. Like if you've seen Profile, it's a, it's a really solid film. Um, but for our team, which is, you know, uh, Anish, myself, Natalie, and, and now Will Merrick and Nick Johnson, who directed uh, Missing and edited Searching, our approach, and, and this is all credit to Timor because he ultimately let us do what we felt was right. Our approach has been to kind of do things differently. We, we don't do a lot of screen recording. Everything you see in Searching and Missing has been hand crafted by our editors and our, and our massive post-production team. It's essentially you're getting a Pixar movie for a fraction of the cost. And, and that's why I think Anisha is saying that we don't necessarily call it a screen life. We just have a different approach to how we make them. We have a different approach uh, approach to the rule set that we make them. And I guess like Anisha is calling it UI films, screen thrillers. thrillers. I like screen thriller. Anisha. Exactly. That feels more like what we do. And, and, you know, for us as a company, we've also made live action movies. We're making a bunch more. These are kind of like our only two computer screen movies, at least for now. Yeah, your last movie, Run, doesn't follow this format at all. It's an absolutely terrific movie. I mean, just a crackerjack. I love I love all your guys' work. I'm not just saying that. I remember our interview, and uh, last time, uh, you were very, very complimentary towards Run, so excited to be here today. I am, too, because that interview, I didn't know if you guys would remember, and I didn't want to bother you with it, but um, that was in March of 2020. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so It yeah, was, like, yeah. the week that everything happened, and we were all kind of like, huh. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> for our first and last interview uh for our theatrical release yeah. <laughs> oh that was a very short theatrical release right yeah yeah <laughs> we, were, we were about to go out theater well i didn't see it in a theater but it was really good um and so let's talk about that how do you plan these for being viewed on a huge screen and also for being viewed on a little screen like i've seen your movies on um i saw searching on our plane i cried at the end um, partly because, you know, the plane factor, but also just an incredibly emotional movie. And you, again, really just drag you into that story, drag the audience into that story. It is really well done. How do you make use of all that screen space? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it obviously all starts from the story. And and, and these guys wrote a, a really intense treatment for, for missing. And they, of course, wrote the script for searching. But I would say we don't approach it as like it's a it's a movie on screens, therefore it's going to play on small screens. These are very much written to be big cinematic experiences. We want people in the theater and we've been lucky enough to, to see Missing now in, in theaters with a the crowd. And it's like, you know, it's one of those movies where you're leaning over and you're you're whispering and you're trying to guess, you know, with your friends what's happening. So, I, you know, I think we start from a place of, and you guys jump in obviously as the writers, but we start from a place of like, let's make a really good thriller first. And then we kind of think of it as, okay, now how do we, how do we work it into the challenge of it all has to come from the perspective of screens? Because I think if these movies don't stand on their own, just as good mysteries, as good thrillers, then the screen stuff starts to feel like a gimmick. But our, our hope is that you kind of forget that you're watching on screens and it just kind of brings this extra kind of texture or elevation to it. That's so smart. That that makes a lot of sense. So have you had ideas that you had to sort of throw out because they didn't work with this genre or because or that you just converted into a regular movie? Yes, hard yes. Yeah. <laughs> we we every, every time we've worked on one of these movies, which has only been two, but that's still a lot. Um, we find ourselves like ah, oh, the third act. 
You know, like, because there, there's a scene in every great detective movie like this, because these are ultimately like, you know, detective whodunit type movies where the answer strikes. And usually in those movies, the detective grabs their car keys and like hits the road and you're cutting to them, like racing through traffic. Like, I got to get to the scene of the crime. I got to save someone's life. Like, can't do that. <laughs> you really just can't. With both movies, there was always a point in the writing process where we just had to put the pencils down and like think for like a week. Like we would go on long walks and like, how do we do this? How do we do that? Like one interesting thing though is like, and and this happened on both films. Like as we were developing or as we were making them, there would be an idea from someone about like, well, how how are we going to see this? How are we going to live stream on searching? It was like a, a, a spoiler alert if you haven't seen searching, but like how are we going to live stream a funeral service? Like no one would buy into this, but like by the time the movie came out and obviously now after the pandemic, like there's so much more buy-in to, to seeing things on screens. So that that's been really interesting to see change over the course of these Absolutely. movies. How much time do y'all spend looking at screens? Because you find some things that I did not realize existed at all. Like I'm sure there are cameras all over. Um, I think it's Cartagena, Colombia, where you mm-hmm. can see what's going on at any time but it would never occur to me to look for that. Yeah, I feel like we, that's, to be honest with you, I feel like I've known that that has existed for like in early internet years. Uh, you know, there was, I, I don't know how I stumbled on this. I'm sure we all have or like a randomly, but I always felt like there were really weird websites back in the day that would just show um, uh, like like the Eiffel Tower or famous like landmarks around the world uh, with like a camera that was said live. You never knew if it was or not, if it was just like a recording or something. But this this is a perfect example of 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 running into the concept. Uh, I think Seth's probably going to share. Yeah, there you go. EarthCam. <laughs> uh, like running into a concept. And did we know about, let me click EarthCam. What is this? This is, uh, yeah, there you go. Blue Mountain, like New York. Yeah, just, okay, so cameras all across the world. There you Incredible. go. Incredible. I, I guess I knew that there were, like, cameras where we could watch a baby eagle being born or something like that, yes. but I didn't really know that you could just look at so many street corners at random. Um, nobody should ever pick their nose again. Um, <laughs> just the... So do all of this technology works. I mean, there's a very cool thing that happens in the climax of this movie that I did not at all see coming. When it happens, you realize that you've set it up beautifully all through the movie. Um, I haven't tested whether it works, but it all works. All the technology works. All the tricks work. It does. And and, and yeah. that, that that's that's the genius of Will Merrick and Nick Johnson who wrote the screenplay and directed the movie that when I, I'll put it this way Tim like when we're when we're in the when we're in the early stages of like breaking what the story is that is so 100% correct like we have to approach it as a traditional story as a narrative like who are the characters what's the relationships what are the what are the twists and turns say about our expectations of the characters but at the same time while we're in this blue skies mode is what we call it it's also free game to like throw at ideas at the wall. Like, Hey, what happens if one point in the movie, the computer closes? Like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Or, um, you know, we, Oh man, it's a movie about in- this time. It's an international feeling. Oh, you know, what's kind of cool. I've seen these tourist cams and it's like, well, we don't quite know where that's going to go into the movie where we're kind of adding it to a list. Um, you know, Google the, I- sorry, go for a niche. Google translate. I was adding to exactly like, Oh, like Google translate. That might be interesting. Like, who is she doing that with? And like, what are some of the complications of that? Or it's funny. Like I remember speaking of run, 
when we were making run, uh, Natalie and Anish were in Winnipeg, Canada, where we were shooting it. And I, I was flying back and forth from Winnipeg to LA just because I had some other projects. And I'll never forget there was this one moment, like this one morning I was up very early because, you know, they're three hours ahead. And it was like 6 a.m. I was in my apartment by myself. I was on a conference call with like Natalie, Anish, our entire production team in, in Winnipeg, Canada, having a very like serious, urgent conversation about um, a very high stakes situation relating to like how we're going to plan a stunt or something very high stakes. And I'll never forget the moment of like when I hung up that call, I was suddenly alone in my apartment. Like there was no one around. There's no stakes. But like it kind of this feeling of like, man, like something so important to you is happening on the other side of the planet. And your only connection to it is a phone call or or in June's case, a FaceTime or WhatsApp call with this guy. So like we kind of threw, we, we throw all this at the wall. And, and then when it comes time for breaking the story, we try and see like, oh, like this might be a good place to have the Google Translate, or this might be an interesting place for her to see the tourist video. Um, it's, it's, it, it's what makes it so challenging to, to make these movies, but hopefully it also makes it somewhat engaging for audiences to, because not only are you expecting as an audience member what's going to happen next, there's also a layer of like, how is the next thing going to be happening, you know? But, but to your point too, we do care a lot about the apps and the things we're showing, whether we've made them up or whether they exist in real life working and reflecting them in a real way because it feels I think we've all had the experience of like watching a movie where there's tech in it and it feels so not how we use tech in our everyday lives and, and it bumps um <clears throat> so like we at the end of the day we want these things to feel grounded in the use of the tech so there is a lot of like in the edit hey guys open open your whatsapp does this work like yeah. this or, or are, we, are we bending the rules oh that's really cool it seems like you're also using the margins, the space that may not be where the main story is unfolding to sort of set up other stories. Um, I guess we call those Easter eggs. But there's a lot of references to, I believe, a serial killer called like the green something killer. Uh, <laughs> in this movie never comes up again. It's just sort of pops up. And are, are you building a universe? Is there a green? What is the name of that killer? And what's what's going on there? Uh, it's not it's a killer, killer. Yeah. per se. Uh, did, did you know that in, in Searching Tim, like in the background of that movie, there's an alien invasion occurring? <laughs> no. So because we spent so long making Searching and most of that in the editing room, we literally had to write every text, every news article, every comment across that movie. Um, and in the process of doing that, we had a lot of fun. Like there's a lot of subplots. I remember Anish put in this brilliant subplot about like, David's parents who are flying in from Korea to like help with the search. Like if you really pause and watch, there's so many cool Easter eggs and world building. The biggest one is the fact that over the course of that movie, there's an alien invasion happening. All the same beats that you would see like in an Independence Day kind of movie, like the NASA informants going missing or like the, the, the people are tweeting about, hey, do you guys see this green lightning or whatever? Um, and, and it kind of reaches a crescendo at the end of that movie. With Missing, we had to do, we had to do that again. So I think with Missing, if you pay attention, which it sounds like you did, uh, you will see you'll, you will see an entirely crazy story happening in the background. But it's a continuation it's a of, continu what, of what we set up in searching. Exactly. It's not a killer, but yes, you are right that there is somebody named Green Angel and they have a role to play in the background of this movie. So the Green Angel is set up in searching. Kind of. The events that precede Green Angel are set up in searching. The, yes, yes, that's the way to see it. And you don't want to say what Green Angel is, I assume. I mean, we—I guess we've said it already. We, yeah, it, uh, she's basically a, a superhero that emerges to help tackle 
the events that began in searching. Oh, okay, so dealing with the alien invasion. Yeah, Tim, I feel like you're looking at us like we're crazy. <laughs> I like, love this. Thing. It's so awesome because if your kid was missing, you wouldn't care at all about the alien invasion. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, you care, but you'd go, oh, neat. I'm focusing on my yeah. kid right now. Yeah, like, like with searching. Exactly. With searching, the alien invasion has a very paranoia feel to it. Like it's not like a, it's not full blown war happening, but it's like there's more and more hints that something's happening. And missing uh, again, like June is too busy worrying about her mom. But if you ever rewatch the movie at home or on a plane, you might have fun pausing and looking in the corners and you might see essentially like a full blown genre film, tentpole, three act rupture Marvel movie happening literally <laughs> while you haven't been paying attention. Um, I'm sure Reddit has covered all of this and Sev, you're pretty big on Reddit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm big on Reddit and Reddit was incredible. We, we genuinely thought, oh man, it's going to be a few months before people realize about this alien invasion on searching and literally day one, people were already like rewatching the movie. People were seeing it multiple times and taking screenshots and putting these huge analyses. It was really fun. Actually, the biggest Redditor by far, a user named PLW7, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, PLW37, he was such a fan of this movie. He kept going back and finding things that we thought nobody would ever find that we had an extra ticket to our world premiere last week and we flew him out from Sacramento and he had a blast. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And he, he literally, he already spotted all these eggs, including we put his name in the movie as well. So that's mm. part of the fun of these movies. I saw his picture on there. I, I really enjoyed seeing that and seeing that he looked like a very normal dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's very tall. He's a handsome guy. Yeah, to be honest, I couldn't even believe that that was the redditor because I was like, this this man looks so normal, you know. Like in my opinion, like I was like, this it seems like a friend of ours we invited, you know. Like, but yeah, he seems very cool. Um, yeah. on Reddit and in Just invited around. <laughs> Confirmed, very cool. Yeah. Um. So where is this universe going? Um. How many? How many of these do you think you can make? Because it seems endless. It's. It seems like you've really hit a wellspring and it's not just you know people some people dismiss it as a gimmick when you see these movies you realize it's not a gimmick but there's also so much there about family um and parent-child relationships especially what's the um what's the overarching idea or goal or blue sky I mean, it's funny, we're still like, we're literally wrapping the movie as we speak, like we're still putting finishing t- touches. Um, so we're still, we're still in it. Um, it opens tonight. <laughs> it, it opens tonight. Um, yeah, I think, you know, these movies take a really, really long time to make. And and as Anish famously said, when we were doing press for searching one, he's like, we will never make another one of these movies. <laughs> and so I think we're currently in the headspace of like, we don't have another one in us, but that's because we're we're still going through it, and it's uh, you know, if it, it feels like childbirth, it's, it can be painful, but you know, maybe when we get on the other side. But I do think, um, I, I think to your point, like there's so many stories that can be adapted into this format. I think it's it's truly, you know, it's up to people's imagination, and and as long as I think it's grounded in real emotion or family or or you know, a hope to tell a good story first. And then to do it through this perspective, I think in theory, there's no, I know Sev wants to do a very specific movie on screens, but I don't know if it'll happen. No, no. I mean, look, the, the truth is then like, it's, it is, these movies, I think sometimes deceptively seem easier to make than they are. Um, 
I think you'll see even on Reddit sometimes people not necessarily dismissing the movie, but it feels like, oh, it was a COVID movie or they made it in a weekend. Like it's, you know, they're very difficult movies. Our team bled, sweated, <laughs> tears, like everything you can imagine. And it's, and it's sometimes it's tough because like so much thought goes into them narratively and creatively and all these things that it's hard to see sometimes them getting like grouped up into just another computer screen movie. So that alone is a bit of a hesitation. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's not that it's not, we're so proud of the movie. We're so proud of the whole team, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I think I can confidently say this time for sure, we're not really planning on making another one, but we'll see. I know the studio is keen on more, but um, they make a lot of sense business-wise. They're very inexpensive to make. And, and you know, we it's proven that they can make, a, you know, do good business. But as a team, we have our sights set on another movie that we're developing that Anish will direct that is not a computer screen movie. Uh, first, I don't think these look easy in any way because you actually not only ex showed everything on the screen, you had to record the footage that you put in the screen. You had a whole unit in Cartagena. You went full blown there. Um, yes. This looks like you made three movies and then compressed them down to a computer screen and made it look easy. But I, I, I could not begin to imagine how you made this movie. I don't even understand where the camera goes to avoid <laughs> glare. Um, so no, just huge props. Do you want to talk about what the other movie is or nah, not yet? Anish, all you. Uh, yeah, not yet. Uh, okay. Shortly, you know, a few That's months we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, not yet. 